passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. That is not going to work. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want. What you want. How about what the rock wants? Allow me to reintroduce myself. Jabroni beating, pie eating, trailblazing, eyebrow raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, the rock whoops your ass. going on brothers and sisters coming to you from theater d row j seat seven i am the godfather nate milton and this is the rocky Maivia picture show your favorite pop culture and pro wrestling podcast dedicated to the genius of sports entertainer turned thespian dwayne the rock johnson now playing this week 2013's gi joe retaliation the block, as always. Do you mind leading us in a few words, please, sir? Give me immortal words of Jay-Z. <laughs> Whatever deity may guide my life, dear Lord, don't let me die tonight. But if I shall before I wake, I'd accept my fate. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah. All right, see, that, that just gave me some chills right there, because not only do we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson in this movie, but to to paraphrase it's a quote Key and Peele, we got Bruce Willie up in here, too. So uh, Dwayne and Bruce teamed up, so I had to emulate that and, and do a team-up of my own. You know, I can't review these films alone. And since every Siskel needs an Ebert, every Ebert needs a Roper, and every Blaine needs a Twan, I have a special guest to help me review the film this month. My guest is another one of our postmarks who met my donation challenge during the post-wrestling coronavirus live show back in April, which seems like it was three years ago uh, rather than three months ago. (laughs) But be that as it may, uh, I got this guest joining me this week. He's also the associate producer and social media manager for Up Next. 
John Ceno, a.k.a. Ceno Evil, is in the theater this month. What's going on, brother? What's up, brother Nate? It's an honor to be on the Rocky Maya Via Pictures show. Uh, I've been listening to you since TNA days, all the way back when. Um, it's an honor, man. I love this show. You know, let's, let's talk. Let's talk to Wayne Johnson. I mean, that, that's what we are here for. That's what we are here to do to help people during these crazy times. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, just thinking about 2020 as it is right now, brother. Like, I don't think you could create a melting pot or a mosaic or a diorama of such crazy ideals and just throw them into one pot. We've got a global health crisis. We've got a financial crisis. We've got a racial crisis. We've got all sorts of things going on in the world right now, but there's one man that can help us. If there's one man that can help us, it's, it's got to be DJ. It's definitely got to be The Rock, man. If, if you're ever having a bad day, just put on any Dwayne Johnson movie. That, that'll, that'll help things a little bit, just a little. Just a little, just a little. So let's start with The Rock, John, uh, because obviously, you know, being a, a fan of pro wrestling like myself and like the listeners out there, we all know who this man Dwayne The Rock Johnson is. But what what was your relationship like with The Rock as a wrestler? Like from a fan's perspective, when, you know, were you watching back in the Attitude Era? When did you kind of become aware of this dude as as one of the brighter stars that the WWF has ever or the WWE now has ever produced? Um, believe it or not, it probably goes way back to his father, Rocky Johnson, because I was, I'm, I'm about 35 years old, but my brothers are a good 10 years older than me. And mm. since I was straight out the womb, I was born a wrestling fan. So one of the first things I remember them talking about was Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. So I checked out their matches. This is great. So when they started showing like the third generation, you know, Rocky Maivia coming out, I, you know, I was definitely intrigued. My brother was intrigued. So we followed his career. And, uh, as he went from Rocky Maivia to The Rock, like we just knew he was a star, like from, from the get go. Yeah, like there's, there are people who have it, and there are people who have it, but for whatever reason can't get out of their own way. <laughs> <laughs> like we've seen that in in the world of wrestling, in the world of sports, in the world of pop culture, where you've got somebody with this undeniable talent, but for whatever reason they can't avoid making mistakes. Uh, but to Rock's credit, you know, not only in wrestling but also when he transitioned to Hollywood, he's found a way to kind of avoid those pitfalls, avoid the, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Um, so let's talk about Rock as an actor, because obviously the WWF made a big deal about it when he made his first foray into Hollywood with the Scorpion King. Uh, going back to that moment, like, did you think that the dude that was picking up the torch, that was grabbing the baton from Brendan Fraser would end up 15 years later being the biggest star in Hollywood. Um, I, I wouldn't know if he would become the biggest star, but I definitely knew he had potential because just the charisma that oozes off of him, every time he opened his mouth, you just see him on the screen, you knew something was special about this guy. Um, so when he came out with the Scorpion King, I was just excited. I, I ran to the theater. Like, I've been to almost every Rocky movie, I would say, probably up to like maybe Skyscraper, I would say. Um, the Fast and Furious movies are an exception, but for the most part, I've seen probably most of his movies in the theaters. So wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we even get to G.I. Joe, you telling me you ain't seen the Fast and Furious movies, man? No, 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 no I'm sorry. With the exception of the Fast and Furious, I probably missed some other oh, ones. Oh, okay, like okay. There, yeah, like Skyscraper, I, I mean, Rampage. I was going to thank you for your charity, but I was going to have to dismiss you right now, brother. <laughs> no, no, definitely. <laughs> I think I've seen every single Fast and Furious movie, including Hobbs and Shaw in the theaters. And it's funny because this movie kind of, uh, in my eyes, is like a precursor to the Hobbs character. 
Yeah, well, um, and we spoke about that when I had the Joes uh, from Too Fast, Too Forever on for our Fast Five review. Like, this is a very interesting time period for Dwayne Johnson because it's when he enters phase three of his Hollywood career, in my opinion, where not only do you have the success of Fast and the Furious, but you've got G.I. Joe. You know, he's starting to become an A-list actor. You know, I think if you look before this, you could make the argument that The Rock's name was bigger than his game in some aspects as an actor. But from this point on, it's like not only is he a star, but he's really good in these roles. And you're right in the fact that the character he plays in G.I. Joe, Roadblock, is very much uh, a prototype of what Hobbs would become. Oh, absolutely. I saw that. I rewatched the movie yesterday. And as I'm watching, I'm just like, this could have been like a Hobbs prequel movie if they really wrote it the right way. Maybe that's the next step for the Fast and Furious. We we tie in because they've already kind of, you know, spoiler alert for, for those who haven't seen all the Fast and Furious films. But in Hobbs and Shaw, they kind of give an illusion that Shaw is tied to the Italian job film. Yes, exactly. Uh, so maybe like that's his his prequel. But G.I. Joe retaliation is where Hobbs came from and, and he just changed it. Well, he didn't even have to change his name because I don't think we ever get to hear Roadblock's real name. Um, at one point they do. I think when he went back to the hood, I think they called him by his real name Marvin and he wasn't too fond of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, we don't really get a lot of the character beyond what we see on the screen. So maybe, maybe after the events of retaliation, Marvin had to go into the witness protection program and then they were like, this dude is too damn big to be sitting here at, at home being protected. We need to use him for our organization. And that's when they gave him a new name as Luke Hobbs and, and he uh, joined the, the force. Now, do you think that the world would be ready for like a uh, doppelganger Hobbs versus Roblox movie? Can, can the Ooh. screen handle two rocks? I don't, I don't know. I don't think they can because, you know, I mean, we might they might have to expand those IMAX screens if they're going to have well, both. Well, I was going to say, we saw, time. we saw like a little bit, of what this could have been if going back to uh, Southland Tales, if Rock had played the character that was portrayed by your man, um, John a blank, Stifler, Sean Williams. Yes, Scott. Yes, yes. Yep. If Rock had played that character, I think back then we could have taken two rocks on the screen. Cause I mean, DJ's always been a buff dude, but he wasn't this damn buff as he is now. Like where he's literally the size of a boulder. I don't know if we could take two, Big ass Luke Hobbs on the screen right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can handle that. <laughs> Definitely not uh, on demand. We gotta wait till the movie theaters open back up for that. We can't do that yeah, on VOD. No. no, no. I mean, you can't you can't treat Rock like he's Trolls World to or something like that. <laughs> this ain't Definitely Scoob. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that that's kind of where Rock was at this point in his career as an actor. In 2013, it's really one of his busiest years where he sees the most financial success. And so going from there, you know, let, let's stick in, stick around until 2013, John. All right. Because it's time for the time war. Ooh. All right, brother. G.I. Joe Retaliation premiered on February 28th, 2013 in the United States. Do you know what the number one song on the Billboard Top 40 chart was? Oof, I was thinking about this earlier, and only thing that really 
comes to mind would be something along the lines of Justin Timberlake. I can't name what song, but maybe something around like that type of style, like mm. something with do a Timberland and Pharrell. Like I, I don't know, just something like that. This one is funny because I, I I'd forgotten about this song. Uh, okay. You know, it, it was kind of a one and done, a bit of a one hit wonder. And if you go back and look at the Billboard charts, the week before and the week after, Macklemore's Thrift Shop is the number one song in America. And this song had like a one week season in the middle where it okay. was the number one song in America. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Bauer with the Harlem Shake. Oh my God. That song actually was on the charts? That was the number one song for about a week in oh, February <laughs> of Jesus 2013. I, I remember that whole craze and everybody making the videos and oh my god. I'm, I'm, I'm happy it's gone. And, and me being a New York resident, that's, that, that wasn't a Harlem shake. That was not from Harlem. Well, that's the other thing, like, right? Like, when the, when the song first came out, I was like, okay, cool. Everybody's got their little memes. I think, uh, like, the Miami Heat one might have been my favorite one at the time. Mm-hmm. We had LeBron, and then you had Mario Chalmers dressed up like Super Mario. Oh yeah, uh, everybody, everybody was doing it, no matter where. I think WWE had their own at one point. WWE had one. Uh, I think Impact had one because I remember Awesome Kong. Okay. With the knockouts yes. doing one. Yes. Uh, but when when the song came out, everybody's like, I'm like, what what the hell was that song? Everybody's like, oh man, that's the Harlem Shake. Like that ain't no damn Harlem Shake. Where's Puffy? Where's Mace? Exactly. You gotta get the real Harlem Shake. So let me get your, get this right. To to be number one, what they had to stream the songs so every time somebody played it to do the actual video. I'm guessing that counted as 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 a chart, like to be on the charts. Well, see, this is 2013, so I'm not sure what the effect of streaming was back then. But I know like radio play sales, because I guess this is when people were still buying like I, iTunes singles. Yeah, Nate, they were not playing this song on the radio. <laughs> I, I can guarantee you that. This song never oh, played on the radio. There was some morning zoo that was every morning. Like, you're waking up with Chip and Chuck. Let's, <laughs> let's get it started with the Harlem Shake, everybody. <laughs> and the beat just comes on and everybody does it. Yes, you're absolutely right. This, like, yeah, there was some top 40 radio stations that were all about the Harlem Shake. I'm so glad that they haven't brought it back. Hopefully they won't. It's something that should be forgotten. I mean, like, we get dance crazes, like, every few years, and they kind of pop up and, and have their moment, have their season in the sun, and then they dissipate, you know, like, uh, Macarena was was hot for a second way back in the day, uh, Electric Slide uh, is, still gets run at, at barbecues and, and <laughs> cookouts. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Harlem Shake had a season. Trying to think, like, what was the last? I mean, if you want to talk about viral, you had the um Drake, some of the Drake challenges you had, you know, the Kiki. Oh yeah, the yeah, the Kiki, yeah, Kiki. Uh, I think the Rock did one too, and it was like, uh, I forget the song. It, it, it might have been Migos. Okay. He did he did a video for somebody. Uh, he threw a flag on the play. Okay, I think I remember that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, the Rock likes to jump into when things go viral. He, he likes. I was gonna say, man, like maybe out. that's that's where our dance crazes come from. Now it's more so like TikTok. Yeah, that's all it is. I'm not on TikTok. I, my my son begs me every day, and I see his niece <laughs> on it. I mean, his cousin on it, and I I don't want him on that thing. It's just too much uh, craziness going on. <laughs> and he's just looking at you, okay, boomer. Exactly. exactly. Like, like, sir, I'm <laughs> I'm 35. I'm not a boomer yeah. yet. <laughs> when my five year old calls me a boomer, I had to reevaluate my life a little bit. Like, oh, well, where have I gone? Uh, so yeah, Harlem Shake was the number one song the week this came out. Uh, let's talk about the box office for this though, John. The budget for GI Joe Retaliation was 150 million dollars. Okay. Can you guess the worldwide box office? Okay. I remember this movie doing really well, and um, I know that there were talks for a sequel. They're still, if I'm not mistaken, they're making a sequel maybe without Dwayne for now, but I know he's still like in talks to come back. So I know this movie had to make a lot of money. Um, we said 150 worldwide. I'm going to say close to double that, so I'm going to guess maybe 250. Oh, okay. So you're saying 250? Like You're right in the fact that it made money, but you're way off. Oof. In the amount. All right, so G.I. Joe Retaliation had a budget of $150 million. Worldwide, the box office was $375 million. The millions! Millions of dollars! 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 I didn't realize I made that much money. Yeah. Jeez. And, and in, uh, in comparison, the first G.I. Joe movie, The Rise of Cobra, had a budget of around $180 million, and they, quote-unquote, only made $300 million. Only $300 million. Only $300 <laughs> So The Rock's worth at least an extra $75 million. Yeah, only $300 million, You know, Brendan Fraser out, Dwayne Johnson in. That seems to be the formula in Hollywood. I mean, that's, that's the formula. You, know, you, 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 get all, you work all the bugs out with Brendan Fraser. And yeah, what's going did, on? What's 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 up with Dwayne and, and Brendan? Do they have a feud going on? This is the third movie. I know he had a small role in the first GI Joe, but he had yeah. this. He had Journey. So we had GI had Joe, we've had Journey. Yep. We've had the Mummy. So yeah, the Rock. The Rock just maybe that's how he picks his projects. He's like, okay, what did Brendan Fraser do? Okay, I'm I, I I'm gonna do it better than that. So I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for Encino Man too. I was gonna say we we need <laughs> Encino Man two with the Rock. There we the go, Rock and Paulie Shore. <laughs> that's what that's what's gonna bring america back after the pandemic the rock and paulie shore I'm, I'm down with it oh i mean really we just need like a whole genre now of rock and paulie shore movies you could make a biodome movie where the rock and paulie shore have to go into this dome to protect themselves from covid and hijinks ensue that's perfect this day and age we need that yeah so, I mean, they're bringing everything back. They're bringing, I saw the trailer for Bill and Ted the other day. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I love Keanu, but it's like, uh, after seeing him as John Wick, now he's back, you know, in Bill and Ted. <laughs> uh, uh, ugh, I think that, that ship has sailed. I don't know, they've been working on that movie for a while, but you know what? Yeah. I'll, probably, I'll probably be there in the theaters if uh, God willing to let us in. I mean, that's to me, that's a VOD right there. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I'll, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> I watched that at the crib. <laughs> Honestly, I think he just did that so uh, his his boy could get a get a nice little paycheck. Yeah, where has he been in the movie since Bill and Ted Two? I feel like I, I don't think so. Like I know he, um, I think he moved behind the camera and was like a director for a while, and 
produce some things. But as in terms of like being a leading actor, that was pretty much it for the, for, yeah. for my man. I think the fact that I don't even know his name says a lot. Okay, Alex Winters. Okay, there we go. So if like if any if any of the postmarks are like Alex Alex Winters fans, and you know more things that he's done, you can let us know. Maybe. He's maybe if Alex Winters does a movie with The Rock, we can actually get Alex Winters on the show. That'll be perfect. Yeah, I'm looking at his uh videography right now, and yeah, you're right. He's doing more directing. Um, last movie was In Search of Darkness, which is a documentary. So yeah, he hasn't really done anything. Okay. He was in the Lost. He was in the Lost Boys. I didn't even realize that. Maybe I got to go back and rewatch the Lost Boys. I guess he huh. had a role in that. Okay, Alex Winters, good good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> well, we're not we're not here to talk about Alex Winters, John. No, not today. We are here to talk about G.I. Joe, Retaliation, and I'm just realizing in my notes that I printed out the uh, notes for G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Oh. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about that. Did you, uh, I guess while I pull, pull uh, ret- my retaliation notes up on my phone, did you see The Rise of Cobra? I did see it. Um, you know, I liked it. It was good for what it was. Um, but this felt like a total reboot. I, I was reading a little mm. bit about it, and and Roadblock was supposed to be in the yes. first one. Do you, do you know who was supposed to be cast? Yeah, this, this this is a very interesting little trivia note because yeah, Roadblock was supposed to be in the Rise of Cobra, and he was supposed to be played by Common. How do you feel about that? The rapper, which I don't know what it was. I want to say like in the mid twenty tens. Common was like the hot name for like action black dude for some reason. Like, cause there, there was the rumor about Roadblock. Then there was also the rumor that they wanted him to play Green Lantern. Yes, I remember that. Yep. That, that, like that rumor stuck around for a while. It was like, like I like Common's music, but he's not who I picture in my head when I'm thinking about Roadblock or uh, the John Stewart Green Lantern. Yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, the Rizzo was supposed to redo the Black Samurai, the Jim Kelly movie, with mm. um, Common as the lead role. I don't know if that's still off the ground, but that was rumored at one point. Like, were well, we gonna take the most peaceful, socially conscious rapper and make him the biggest badass in Hollywood? Really? Yeah, I'm looking at like almost every movie he has a gun. He's in Terminator, Salvation, Street Kings, American Gangster, Smoking Aces. Like, you know, that's not common sense. <laughs> like this, like this, is what we doing? Like he's he's gonna he's gonna shoot you, and then he's gonna give a ten minute monologue on, on why he loves women and he respects women and why we need to work on infrastructure to better the community. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you know. I guess he's a he's a good guy to work with if he's still getting roles to this day. I'm looking right now. He doesn't have anything really slated for the future, but he was just in John Wick and a couple other movies, yeah. so he's still he's still working. And for like as far as rappers go, like he's a, he's a he's a good actor. He's solid. Um, I'll get into it later, but he's definitely better than the rapper in this movie, and I hate to say that because I'm a huge Ooh. fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's talk about GI Joe Retaliation. It is uh, a sequel, kind of, to 2009's G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Uh, but like you mentioned, John, it's it's almost like not really a hard reset of the universe, but it's it's like a soft reboot. Yeah, it's like, let's bring back about five characters, let's kill yep. half of them off, and let's, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's take it from there. Yeah, like, I've, I don't know, like, did, did uh, any of the... People that didn't come back from G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, did you miss them? Like, did you miss Jordan Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Did you miss Marlon Wayans that much? I'll tell you what, I missed Jordan, Jordan Gordon-Levitt's original 
costume for Cobra Commander. I don't know what the hell was going on in that movie. He had a mm. gas mask at one point with long hair, and yeah, I, I didn't I didn't miss too many people from the first one. <laughs> All right, so this film was directed by John Chu, and it was written by Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick, of course, based on G.I. Joe, the, the cartoon, the comic book, the toy line from the 80s, uh, even before that, I guess. But uh, were, were you a fan of the property of G.I. Joe in general, I guess, before we get into the nuts and bolts of retaliation? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan. I, I had some of the toys. I definitely watched the cartoon and the original movie. Um, but I was more of a Transformers guy, more of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles guy. So I can definitely name more characters and stories from that. But I, I was aware of um, G.I. Joe, especially watching WWF in the 80s and Sergeant Slaughter was on my screen. And then I could see him on Saturday mornings. That was kind of a back then. That was like mind blowing. I can't tell you how many wrestling fans I know who were crushed and devastated when they found out Sergeant Slaughter wasn't an actual Marine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's not the first wrestler to lie. <laughs> it's like it's like for uh, Marcus Vandenberg. For anybody that's listened to the Kings of Sport, one of the funniest moments in the history of the podcast, and uh, Mike Mills brought it up on the last episode we did, was when I informed Marcus that Johnny B. Bad Mark Merrill wasn't actually a black dude. Oh my god! <laughs> and Marcus Vandenberg, uh, my 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 esteemed colleague, was just like it was like the the. The scales fell from his eyes, and, and he was seeing the world with, with, with new vision. Now, how do you feel about how do you feel about them bringing in John Chu? I'm looking at his filmography, and the only thing he's really done before this was the Step Up movies. How do you go mm. from Step Step Up to GI Joe? That's kind of a weird uh, transition, I would think. I, yeah, I guess if I'm the studio, if I'm who was the studio? It was Paramount, if I'm not mistaken. Paramount, yeah. Yep. Uh, if I'm Paramount, I guess. What I'm thinking is, A, we can probably get this dude for cheap. Uh, and then, B, I guess with the dancing scenes, there's a there's like, you have to have an eye for action for the dancing scenes, which I guess translates into some of the fighting scenes, some of the action scenes in this movie, particularly when you talk about the scenes that are centered around Storm Shadow and... Uh, Snake Eyes? And Snake Eyes, yeah. Uh, like they're the 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 times they face off, it, it feels much like a dance. Yeah, I absolutely read about that. I didn't think about that. Like a lot of martial arts movies, kung fu movies, they definitely have like that um that majestic you know ballet type style to it. So yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, it's just in Step Up, you never had somebody throwing ninja stars at somebody while the other person was shooting the ninja stars out of the sky without hitting the person running directly at them. I don't know how that works, but okay. I mean, can you confirm that? There's been about like five Step Up movies, so I don't know if you've seen Step Up All In, but that that, <laughs> that, could, that could be the ninja duel right there. <laughs> with, I was going to make an AEW joke with All In, but the, the moment's <laughs> passed, John. The moment's yeah. passed. Ain't, ain't nobody trying to listen to, uh, who is it, Trap? Ain't nobody listening to Trap right now. Oh, don't say that. Brandon Harrington loves that song, man. He still sings it to this day. <laughs> hey, we, we all have faults. Even, you know, even though we love Brayden, we all, none of us are perfect. <laughs> No, uh, absolutely not. So G.I. Joe Retaliation, kind of the the quick plot summary. Uh, at the end of Rise of Cobra, spoiler alert, Zartan took over as the president of the United States, uh, which maybe that explains a lot in this movie, but it could also explain a lot of what's going on in America right now, and that's all I'm going to say, John. 
I, you know what? I didn't want to get into it unless you did. But, um, you know, if, if, if we see our president, you know, whistling and uh, doing some funny things, he might want to check his fingerprints and see what's going on there. <laughs> I think Zartan might actually be a, might actually be a better leader. I think so. Some of the, some of the <laughs> rationals that he was making, it was it made a lot more sense. I'm like, I think uh, somebody needs to watch this movie and get a little. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So uh, basically, like this, we start off with pretty much everybody that we knew in the first movie, either on screen or off screen, kind of getting murked. Pretty much. I think they only brought back like five characters. I know. Obviously, you have a uh, Channing Tatum, Snake Eyes, and Storm Shadow. And then you had, you know, Zoltan, Cobra Commander. Um, who else? Like, that's pretty much Jenny it, Tatum right? is, is just brought back to die. Yeah, I think I remember reading somewhere that his scenes were a lot shorter, but this is right when Shannon Tatum was hot. You know, you had Magic Mike, you had yeah. um, 21 Jump Street. So I think I, they added either added more scenes or they, they, they did a little bit more to the story because I guess like the original uh, screenings, they wanted more Shannon Tatum. Well, yeah, because you would think going off of the first movie that he would have a much bigger role in the sequel, but no, like it becomes clear pretty quickly that this is Dwayne Johnson's movie. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but like they say all oh, him and, uh, you know, Duke and Roblox have been friends for years. Where the mm. hell was Roblox in the first one? That's a very good question. Right. Like you want me to believe this relationship between Channing and, and the rock that has been formed over years of fighting side by side and being in the foxholes together. It's like, mm, I don't Yeah. He's asking Duke to babysit his kids, and they're playing yeah. Duty and this and that. This guy wasn't even in the first movie. <laughs> like, like, where were you when Marlon Wayans was getting shot? Exactly. <laughs> Where's justice for Marlon? <laughs> they should have. Honestly, they could have did the whole uh, super serum storyline, and, and Marlon Wayans could have become Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> that that actually might have worked. Because uh, here's the thing: I think when when uh, going back to the first one, when Marlon Wayans was cast. A lot of people thought he was going to be Roadblock because, spoiler alert, there's really only, like, one black dude if you watch the G.I. Joe cartoon. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, Roadblock. Oh, there's two because there's Roadblock and then there's the black doctor who, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're right. I think Blindmaster, Rizzo's character was actually originally black, Um, but Marlon Wayne's character, Rip Porter, was white. You're right. So they did change that for the movie. Yeah, because the... Uh, Cause uh, the doc, I think he might he was either just named Doc or he was named Medic, which is like lazy writing. <laughs> it's just like a just like generic medic. Just generic medic, and the reason the only reason I knew is because I had the toy back okay. in the day. Cause uh, like I was that was my thing, collecting all the black GI Joes, and so it was like all I had was Roadblock, Medic. <laughs> I, I couldn't sit. Look, I, I think I had. Uh, the refrigerator William Perry one that you had to send off for with the box tops. Okay. All right. And that was it. Cause that there weren't any black females in GI Joe. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Like they only had two girls period, like Scarlet and Lady J and then eventually Jinx. Yeah, you're right. That wasn't, it was mostly, yeah, you're right. And even go way back to the original GI Joes. Cause remember the original GI Joes was the, the toy company. It was yep. just, straight military then they came out with the reboot with the new characters and whatnot but yeah you're right there really wasn't too much variety back then gi joe not not really uh down with diversity no no definitely not <laughs> like like don't don't try to give me snake eyes as a diversity hire sir yeah and then, then they put him under a mask so he's actually a white guy <laughs> right like come on now <laughs> like yeah gi joe couldn't exist in the same form in 2020 
No, no, definitely not. <laughs> Somebody would have stepped in and be like, "Yeah, we need we need to we need to mix things up here a bit, uh, Flint." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically, uh, you got uh, the Joes that we knew from the first movie pretty much wiped out. Uh, like I said, it kind of quickly becomes Dwayne the Rock Johnson story. Uh, Storm Shadow though gets a bigger role in this film than the last one, and that that to me is maybe the best part of the movie. Yeah, especially considering the fact that they killed him off in the first movie. Yeah, and then they they brought him back with not really any, as far no. as I, I, I didn't see any like reasoning for bringing him back. I mean, they didn't explain get, it. Yep, and we get uh, so we get Storm Shadow, we get a new Cobra Commander uh, with the actual with, with with the actual mask that he wore in the in the cartoon too. So they finally yep. got it right. They they did my boy uh, Destro dirty though. He had one scene where yeah. pretty much Cobra Commander was like, "No, we're just gonna leave you here, and that's it." Like no explanation at all. I don't know. Why to even bring characters for a second if you're not even going to use them? I think they had to just because if they didn't, people would be like, where's Destro? Well, then you have like half the characters from the first movie that didn't explain. What happened to Scarlet? What happened to uh, Baroness? Did she die? I I don't even know. There's a lot of characters from the first one. Yeah, we didn't see Baroness in this one. Yep. Uh, You had the the, uh, like the techie guy from the first one that was doing everything. He's gone. Um you know, you had a lot of characters that just no explanation. And then here's the new characters, you know, here's the new toys for you to buy. Uh, let's see. So like I'm, I'm jumping around a bit with the plot. Cause I really want to get to my favorite part of the movie. Cause okay. I like up to this point, like the movie's good. The movie's solid. I think you and I both said that even though we haven't, uh, we were talking before we, we turned on the mics even before, uh, that we like this one better than Rise of Cobra, even though we've seen Rise of Cobra more. Yeah. But, to me, the movie kicks into high gear. When we, like, The Rock needs help. Roadblock needs help. And there's only one man that could that could save us during these troubled times. In these, in these uncertain times in G.I. Joe Retaliation, John, there's only one man that can help us. Yippee-ki-yay. General Joseph Colton, <laughs> the original G.I. Joe. Now, do you know how he got the role and who was supposed to get his part originally? No. See, this, this is the, like, I, I knew about the common in the first one, but I didn't see anything about Bruce Willis and, and who else was supposed to play okay. uh, G- General Colton. All right. So I don't know if we can take his word now after he's been exposed for some lies, but supposedly mm. Sar- Sergeant Slaughter was supposed to have this role. And he said that there was issues between the toy companies with Hasbro and Mattel that they wouldn't allow him to appear in the movie. So they basically took his character and rewrote it to uh, for Joe Colton, which is like, I guess, one of the original G.I. Joes when the first toys came out. Um, so that's that's supposedly that's the reasoning. I don't know if you can take a, mm. you know, Sergeant Slaughter's word for fact. But um, <laughs> that's a good look. That's a good story. But at the same time, if I'm Paramount and I'm paying all this money for a damn movie, Sergeant Slaughter, Bruce Willis. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it would have been kind of iconic to see The Rock and Sergeant Slaughter share the same screen together. That would have been kind of cool. Like, I think, like, I, I do think there is a place for Sergeant Slaughter in this movie, but not, not in this role. Like, I think you needed an actor for this role. Yeah, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter. You know, you know, telling them to uh, call them maggots and whatnot. That would, yeah, 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 maggot. <laughs> like, no, Sarge, just it's not your line. Can you picture Sergeant Slaughter on the back of that pickup truck sh- shooting the gun? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so. What, what did you make of uh? Uh, Bruce Willis in this because I remember when I first saw the movie like obviously I knew Bruce was going to be in it 
I didn't know to what extent. Uh, but I thought that like him and the rock actually played off of each other. Well, and the fact that you've got somebody who is this iconic action star and Bruce Willis, he kind of lifts the movie up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, any movie that he's in, he, you know, his character always brings a little bit more flavor to the movie. Um, I was just a little bit confused. I don't think they ever explained it. Why was he calling, uh, what was the girl's name? Uh, Jenk, uh, Lady J. Why was he keep calling her Brenda? Do you, did you catch on to that? That's a good question. At, at first, I'm like, okay, she's talking about her dad and whatnot. I'm like, is this her dad? And she just doesn't know it. And at the end, he, you know, Bruce Willis is like, oh, I, I, uh, you know, I served with your dad. He was a good man. And that was it. There was no explanation of why he kept calling her Brenda, and she was as confused as we are. Yeah, because in, uh, in the comics and in the uh, – I don't know if they ever said in the cartoon, but her, like, her name was Allison. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know where the, where the Brenda thing comes from. Yeah, like I'm like I'm like, is he like thinking of his like his wife or something or his daughter that passed away and he's just you know having these these visions? I don't know what was going on, but that was just threw me off. I remember throwing throwing me off when I saw it in the movie theaters, and it threw me off again when I resaw it. It's probably Bruce probably threw that in himself. Bruce was improvising, and the director's like, "Mm, I'm not gonna tell Bruce he can't say it. Yeah, he's like, should we tell him that his her name is Lady J? Let's keep Brenda. Keep Brenda. He's like, I heard Kevin Smith's stories about the the set on cop out. I'm not gonna get in Bruce's way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's let's kind of go through the cast real quick before we continue with the story. So obviously, as we mentioned, uh, like our headliners are The Rock as a uh, Roadblock. You got uh, Bruce Willis, of course, as a uh, General Colton. You got Jonathan Price as as Zartan slash the president. Uh, let's see who else we got. We got uh, Ray Park as Snake Eyes doing doing his Ray Park thing. Like Ray Park never gets to show his face in these movies. He's just somebody that fights real good, and he's either in paint or wearing a mask. Yeah, and the sad part is the next, I guess, the GI Joe spinoff movie that they're making, Snake Eyes. They actually recast him because I guess in this one he's actually gonna have to show his face and show his origin story. So they're they're not bringing they're not bringing Ray Park for Snake Eyes, the GI Joe origin story. Mm, That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, and then who we have? We had uh, Byung Hun Lee as Storm Shadow, who I really like. Like I think, like I'm trying to think outside of GI Joe, what do I know my man from? Because <sighs> he's definitely been in. Yeah, I'm trying to see. He's definitely been in work before. Um, nothing that comes out. I know he was in the first one. Um, yeah. brought back for the second one, but yeah, I can't think. He's he's one of those guys that you've seen in movies. Oh, he, he, like, 2013 was his year because he was in G.I. Joe Retaliation and he was also in uh, Red Part 2 with Bruce Willis. Okay. And yeah, he actually played the, the Terminator, the T-1000 in the Genesis movie. Okay, so he yeah, he definitely had a lot of roles. And he was in, oh, he's in the uh, Denzel Washington's uh, Magnificent Seven. Seven, okay. Well, right. Shout out to, shout out to Byung Hun Lee. But yeah, he's, he's like, he looks like a star. Oh yeah, for sure. Every time he was on screen, you know that you're going to get a, a dope scene out of him. And I think anybody that goes back to like the history of G.I. Joe with the, the comics and the cartoon and uh, Larry Hama, who was uh, like Larry Hama is just a fascinating dude. I don't know if you know much about him. No, uh, not much. What's up? But uh, Larry Hama worked for Marvel Comics, and I'm doing him a disservice by just trying to give his biography off the top of my head. But um, if you check out the Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us. Okay. Uh, there's an episode, I want to say in season one, where they talk about G.I. Joe and uh, Larry Hama's featured. Uh, and like he's a Japanese brother that like 
he was the one that really kind of brought the crazy to the G.I. Joe comic books, you know, bringing in all these ninjas, uh, bringing in, you know, some of the, the more space age and, and, and sci-fi elements. So like a lot of the stuff that we saw in the cartoons, a lot of the stuff that we see translated into the movies comes from, you know, what Larry Hama set in motion back then. Oh, wow. I had no idea. I definitely got it. It's fascinating. I definitely got to do some research on that. I had no idea. And I still think like, uh, I don't know, but I know like as, as recently as three or four years ago, he was still writing a GI Joe comic. Okay. So like, like he's, yeah, like he's definitely tied into the, the whole mythology of GI Joe. Cause I think he might've been the one that wrote the descriptions on the back. You know, when you used to buy a uh, action figure okay, and they'd have their little bio and everything. What like, did he write for the, what did he write for the medic? Like Larry actually wrote all those. Like for the medic, he probably wrote, uh, he, <laughs> he's <laughs> like, make uh, you feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, he's the, he's the only brother around when you when you're feeling a little down. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> when you break your back, call the guy who spent eight years in college and he's black. <laughs> medic, the, like medic, like like that's the that's the code name. Like that's that's not a code name. That's what he is. Yeah, that's. I'm trying to see if I can pull up the medic action figure now and see what it looks like. If, if I'm remembering right, he just had like, uh. He had like his brown military uniform and maybe a stethoscope. <laughs> it looks like it looks like they actually gave my man uh, a rocket launcher. I'm looking at it right now. He got the sunglasses on. Yeah, he got a lot of, maybe there's a reissue, but he has a he's got a rocket launcher. Let's say one. maybe yeah, maybe they had to update him. 1984 with swivel arm battle grip. Okay, what's his is his name medic? Yeah, it's medic. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> right right on, on there. It says medic. Like, <laughs> oh wait, wait! Check this though. His name is Medic, but his code name is GI Joe Doc. <laughs> really? Not like come... not making. I'm not making that up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like somebody called GI Joe Doc. I have a name. <laughs> we'll call him Medic. They'll, they'll never figure it out. Cobra will never get us. Like, oh Doc, it's good to see you. We we've been waiting all day for you to come through, GI Joe Doc. My name is Ronald. <laughs> like, like easy there, medic. No need to get no need to get uppity. Don't blow our <laughs> don't blow our cover, medic. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty four. Like this is like my man couldn't even get a real code name. Yeah, uh, sad, sad. Like I guess they spent like all of the flavor that medic could have had. They gave to Roadblock because if you remember the cartoon, Roadblock was out there just rhyming and 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 and. Uh, shucking and jiving to a certain extent. <laughs> I remember he was the the chef. He was the one that was cooking all the food, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he cooked. He was a gunner. Uh, like whenever they took the tank out, he was the gunner. Uh, and he would always have like a little rhyme, which is, I thought they might have Rock do some of that in this movie, and I'm glad they didn't. Like the only really rhyming we got was when he quoted the Jay Z line. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh, is he gonna spit a freestyle right now? What's going on with the uh, Roblox? Cause yeah, in the in the car in the cartoon, he would be like, uh, uh, he would always rap about fighting and cooking and try to incorporate them together. Uh, he'd be like, we we gonna beat up these snakes on the seven seas, and then we gonna have some cobra fricassee. <laughs> like, sir, no, no, nobody asked for this, man. 
Yeah, who, who wrote that? Who, who wrote that for that? Was that Larry Hama as well? Like, <laughs> no, I think that was. I don't think Larry did that. I think that was okay. probably somebody at uh, at Hasbro who was like, "Oh, this will be great." Yeah, <laughs> this will sell toys. This will sell toys, and we have a big buff Nipsey Russell killing cobras. Some of the names from the cast include a lot of a. Uh, Netflix, Marvel originals. You had the Elodie Young who was Electra. Uh, yeah. You had Ray Adrian. Stevenson, Ray Stevenson who played um, Punisher number three, if I'm not mistaken. He was also in the Thor movies. Um, and then you had yeah, Adrian Palicki from Agents of Shield. Also, yep. she was the failed Wonder Woman pilot that never uh, got off the ground. Yeah, so. yeah, you're right, you're right. And I always yep. liked her. Like I, I don't know, I, I feel bad for her because not only did you have the Wonder Woman pilot, then also her character, I think it was Bobby or Mockingbird from Agents. Yeah, of Mockingbird. Shield. Like the yeah, her and the, the other dude left Shield to start that show, and then that show never took off. Yeah, this poor girl. She's never gonna get her own uh her own show. So yeah, we also got a shout out to Walton Goggins. Yeah, Walton Who's Goggins. Whenever, whenever he comes into the, any screen, it just I don't know something about it. I just feel icky. Like I know something's wrong. He's gonna do something bad. <laughs> like he's a great actor. Like he was great in the Tarantino movies. Uh, he was in Django. He was yep. in uh, Hateful, Hateful Eight. Eight. Um, he was on so the Shield a, forever. Justified. Oh, uh, and then uh, Ant Man uh, in the Wasp. He was in. Yeah, like he's never like a you know your breakout star, but whenever he comes on the screen, you know something's going down. And I just, something I just feel a little uneasy when I see him, which is a good thing. It's a good thing to have that presence on the screen. Yeah, he always he always brings like a little extra flavor to the proceedings. Uh, so yeah, so like overall, like what did you make of the cast? Because I thought they did a decent job. I think. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like you know, they recast a lot of roles. Um, you know, a lot of names yeah. that that. I was gonna that, say, that, do you do you want to get into uh you want to get into your man Blind Master? Yeah, let's get into Bobby Digital. Let's let's get into. <laughs> Yes, the RZA. Now, when they wrote this movie, they probably thought, okay, we have a, a black character who's going to be into j- Japanese kung fu samurais. Who can we get? And the first, you know, somebody must have said, you know, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Like, who, who's available? Which one of the, you know. I can just imagine someone like in the Paramount boardroom. They're like, uh, does anybody have a list of uh, African-American actors who are into martial arts? And like, uh, hold right here, boss, I got you. Uh, from the slums of Shaolin, uh, the RZA, the Jizza, the genius. The yeah, old dirty like, bastard. The method like, man. I mean, you know, they could you know who they could have got? Like, this is my man, because every time I see him in a role, he, he always shines. Bokeem Woodbine. He's a trained Ooh. Shaolin martial artist. He would have been perfect for this role. Um, you know, they could have reached out. They could have reached out to Method Man. But you know, Rizza. Yeah, let's say Bokeem would would have been a good choice. Um maybe Wesley he's a little Snipe was was Wesley, Wesley Snipes oh, around or Wesley would have been I'll say would, would would Wesley have been in jail at this time? Because Wesley would have been perfect. He would have been perfect. And I was thinking maybe part- Michael Jai White, but Michael Jai White might be a little too buff for, for the role. Yeah, yeah, Blind Master. Rizzo, you know, Rizzo has that. He's skinny, but at the same time, he, you know, he has a presence to him. You know, Wesley would be perfect, though. Like, now that you, yeah, you got me thinking. I got to look up how long Wesley Snipes was locked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to no surprise, Rizzo's Blind Master role got recast in the Snake Eyes spinoff. And they're going to replace him with Peter Mensa. I don't know if you've seen him in the Spartacus show. No. Uh, He's yeah, he's actually a, if you see his face, you'll definitely recognize him. He's a guy from three hundred. They got a Oh man, Wesley just missed it, man. Oh, he just missed it. Wesley just missed it. He was released on April second, twenty thirteen. Oh, that would have been perfect. Because if he was out a year earlier, this would have been yeah, this would have been a perfect role for Wesley. Yeah, Wesley's the guy that could have played Roblox in the eighties version of G.I. Joe's if they made it. He always, you know, he 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 definitely could have pulled off a G.I. Joe role anywhere. 
Wesley Snipes is like I think Wesley Snipes is underrated, man. I love Wesley Snipes. I love the Blade movies. To me, that was like the first Marvel movies that did it for me was was Blade, and then you yep. had X Men and Spider Man. But Blade, when that came out, that was that was revolutionary. I, Shout out to my man Wesley. Blade was great. Like he could do drama, he could do comedy. Like White Man Can't Jump is still one of my favorite films. New Jack City, like come on. Oh, yeah. New Jack City, perfect. What was the movie um with the Air Force One? Was it what was it called? With the Air Passenger Fifty Seven. Passenger Fifty Seven. Always bet on black. Yeah, that's a great movie. Wesley Snipes definitely doesn't. Yeah, need he was good in uh what was the one um it was the sequel to The Fugitive with him and uh Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Yeah, I know. I, oh my God, U.S. Marshals. U.S. Marshals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. U.S. Yeah, Marshals was good. Wasn't he uh, the fan with Robert De Niro? Yep, he, he was in the fan. Yep. <laughs> yeah, what? You no, know, Wesley's filmography is deep. I don't think a lot of people don't talk about his movies too much. Yo, Jungle Fever. Like, yeah, Wesley got movies. Oh yeah. Not anymore. Not not anymore. <laughs> he did have that. Uh, well, I guess he he, he still cashed those Expendables checks. He did at least one of those. Oh yeah, he wasn't that right. There's so many actors in that movie. Like I can't remember everybody it was, that was in it. I know it was John Claude Van Damme was in it. Bruce Willis was in it. Like yep. so many people they threw in there. You know what'd be a good role for Wesley? And I heard the guys on Too Fast, uh, Too Forever talking about this uh, because I guess spoiler alert, uh, your man uh, Mister Nobody, who was Kurt Russell. Okay. Like Kurt Russell apparently died, or or okay. his, his character apparently died. And then, like, if they if they were gonna cast a new Mister Nobody, what about Wesley Snipes? I was like, oh, like, that'd be kind of hot. <laughs> now, what about this coming to theaters? Hopefully, this year or next year, he's gonna be playing General Izzy and coming to America. Yes, I heard about that. Yep, yeah, coming the uh, coming uh, coming to America re not reboot but a uh, sequel. I'm excited for that. I love the first movie. I don't know, you know. If they're gonna pull it off, but um, yeah, Wesley's had, Wesley's had a little bit of a resurgence because he's got that, and he was also in a uh, Dolomite, which I don't know. He was, uh, he was in, yep, Dolomite's my name. The yep, the Eddie Murphy movie, yep, yep, which was really, really strong. That was a really good movie. Yep, yeah, Wesley's not like, I, and I hope Marvel throws him a bone for the, even though Marshall um, Ali is gonna be the new Blade, I hope they throw Wesley a bone or something, give him a quick cameo as. Even if he's just like a cab driver or something. <laughs> nah, don't do him dirty like uh, Dan Aykroyd in Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to give Wesley a better role than that. Give, give, give him something. Give Wesley something. Have him be like the I don't know what was the what was the character's name? Um, what's his name? Uh, Chris Chris. Uh, uh Whistler. Yeah, Whistler. Give Chris him real Whistler's role. Recast Whistler. Yeah. Put him as yeah. Put him as Whistler. Yeah, that that that, that could make sense. Yeah. But yeah, Wesley, they they, they got to give Wesley something. You you, you li- I know you're listening, Feige. You got to give Wesley something for this. Yeah, just don't make him the Uber, the Uber driver, please. <laughs> he's going he's going. Uh, oh, actually, I could see Feige doing something like that, making Wesley like the the Uber driver, and then like because Blade's motorcycle broke down or something, so he got to catch a catch an Uber, and Wesley takes Mahershala to wherever he got to go for the next fight, and then the uh, like right as Mahershala's getting out the cab. Wesley's like, uh, have fun, kid, and then drives off. And like, okay, okay, Feige, I see you. <laughs> now I'm not gonna be surprised if that happens. Now, <laughs> like, it, it, it'd be like uh, when Arnold bringing it back to Dwayne the Rock Johnson when Arnold uh was at the beginning of the rundown. Oh yeah, kind of passing the torch. You're right. He's like, hey, have fun, kid. Like, <laughs> I can see, I can see Feige doing something like that. 
I'm sure Wesley would take that Marvel money. He would. Like, yeah, Wesley Wait. would take it and and then tweet about it and he like he would enjoy that Marvel that Marvel check. Absolutely. Um uh, so back <laughs> back to your boy, the blind master. <laughs> <sighs> so okay. So Rizza, obviously anybody that knows Wu Tang and they sampled Kung Fu movies. Um they're definitely definitely into the lore of Kung Fu movies. He directed his own movie, Man with the Iron Fist, with Dave Batista. Pretty good movie, you know, for his directorial debut. But when it comes to acting, he you got to keep his role limited. I know he only had two scenes in this one, but just uh, something about just his delivery just didn't do it for me. And it just, he looked, he looked, he looked um silly with his with his uh fake beard on and the, the mm. eye. It, it yeah. didn't do it for me. I'm sorry. I, I love his music. I love his, everything he's done. Um, but just this role just was. If you saw this blindly, you had no idea who the hell the Rizzo was. You'd be like, why is this guy in this role? If you know who he is, it makes a little bit more sense. It's pretty. It's a cool moment, but. To actually see it on the screen was was a little hard for me. I think if he's going to be the person you cast in this role, you have to f- fit the role around him and not the other way around. Yeah, they like, you, like modernized you, it. Yeah, exactly. You got to update it to all right. So if we're gonna make the blind master this hip hop star, how would the blind master look in a more quote unquote urban context? Rather than let's slap some prosthetics and a fake beard on the RZA. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it's just like one of those like fake kung fu movies. Just, I don't. And then you had like a Staten Island accent, and he's like, you know, snake eyes. Make sure you 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 hit the hair. Like you get to, like you know, <laughs> I'm waiting for him to like go like put the whole you know Wu Tang style. Like at one point he says tiger, and you know he wanted to say tiger style so bad. You know he was like yeah. tiger, and I'm like, oh, he wants to say it. He wants to say it. Snake eyes, diversify your bonds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, anybody else on the cast before we kind of uh, finish off the plot that that really stuck out to you? Um, no, you pretty much got everybody. Um, I know there was the other guy that I don't think they even gave him a name. I think it was Flint, the third man that was with um Lady J and oh and uh, yeah, uh, DJ uh, Controna. Controna. DJ Controna, yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't really do anything special to me. He just kind of like was on the screen, but I mean, there's only one DJ we acknowledge in this movie, sir. Yeah, he said move Katrona. (laughs) Move move over Katrona. Like, I mean, Katrona, like Katrona did what he had to do because basically, if you want to be real with it, all Katrona was there to do was to be the Channing Tatum stand-in. Pretty much, pretty much. You needed, yeah, you needed that buddy to kind of stand by. Which honestly, if you remember the GI Joe cartoon, like. I never thought, because they, they tried to make Flint the leader after a while, and it was like, all he is is great value Duke. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um what they did with the Transformers. You killed off, mm. all, you know, Optimus Prime, and they, then you and had... they tried to bring in Rodimus. Yeah, it's like, oh, just, lean back, Hot Rod. Like, relax, you're not Rodimus Prime. <laughs> and then what happened? Like, two months later, they brought, you know, Optimus Prime back and the toys and everything. Like, you know, it didn't fit. It's like NWO Hollywood and then NWO Wolfpack. It's like, yeah, it's like you know nobody wants uh, Stevie Ray. No. <laughs> like we we we're not here for Stevie Ray and Scott Norton and and uh, Virgil. Like nah. I, I understand why they do it. They want to have new toys. You know, it makes sense for Transformers and GI yeah. Joes. But like, uh, I just never understood that. You got somebody popular, just roll with it. Roll with it until you know it is no more. Especially when you're making this kind of money. Now, what did you think of his, because uh, the whole time I'm like, are they going to explain where Roblox came from, why he wasn't in the first one? There was a one moment where he had, he had like a, maybe like a two-minute origin story. He was in the, the rec center, mm. and he was saying how, you know, he, he got here at 14. Uh, there was a line of guys outside ready to fight him. 
Uh, he got whooped, and then he came back after the summer. He was, you know, eight, he grew at eight, eight inches. He gained sixty pounds, and then like he, that's what, that's when we get uh D Ray Davis during that scene too, right? Yeah, that was random. He just, you know, he's like, hey, what's up, Marvin? Like, uh, you know, <laughs> that's the old movie trope where it's like you see tension, all oh, they're gonna fight, and all of a sudden, you know, they're hugging it out. Like I honestly, that this could have been its own movie. Yeah. Like, Roadblock could have been its own, especially when you bring in somebody as big at the time as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like, that could have been, like, you could have done Rise of Cobra. You could have done the Roadblock movie, and then you could have come back with Retaliation. Because you could have ended ended Roadblock off with him getting the call that uh, that, uh, uh, Duke needs his help. In the first one, yeah. But I think back then yeah. they probably didn't have, they didn't have Dwayne Johnson, I guess, in mind. It was more like common. I don't know if they wanted to. That wasn't much of a hook. <laughs> they, didn't want, they didn't want to sign common to a three-picture deal. Yeah. But, I mean, The Rock, as far as I know, he's still involved with G.I. Joe. I just think his availability wasn't available for the Snake Eyes spinoff movie. But they definitely want to bring him back. I know I saw rumblings of, uh, this is going to sound crazy, but a, a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover has been talked yeah. about for years. Which, which um, I mean, it, it's crazy, but it, it's got a precedent because it has, like, that's something that the comics have always done. Well, it's funny because if you think about it, in the Transformers movies, you kind of had the G.I. Joes. You had Tyrese's character and, and the yep. other guy. And, uh, like, were... You had Tyrese and you had uh, the other guy that was kind of Channing Tatum-ish. Yeah, the guy that was uh, dating Fergie. The guy that was Josh, dating Fergie. Josh Dumel. There we go. Yeah, and those guys are pretty much G.I. Joes. You could have just swapped it out and you know made it a yeah. big franchise. Um, I heard rumors that they might bring in characters from other franchises, like Mask. I don't know if you ever saw the show Mask, M-A-S-K. Yeah. They were gonna bring, they're going to bring in characters from that. So I don't know if it's still in the works. but there's Well, characters. as uh, Brent said, for anybody that heard the uh, post-wrestling review of Avengers Endgame, like, everybody's trying to figure out how to make a connected universe. Oh, yeah. That's the hot and thing. And, right like, like, Marvel's the only one so far that's been able to crack the code. Like, DC tried and, and kind of failed. Uh, Universal monsters never got off the off the off the ground with the, with their uh, franchise. Uh, Scoob, anybody that watched Scoob while stuck at home oh, with their kids, that got, that got me excited. I'm sorry, uh, the Hanna Barbera cinematic universe. <laughs> when I started seeing a uh, Jabberjaw, and uh, you know, you had a uh, who else was in there? McGilla Gorilla popped up. Like I got excited, man. I was Captain like, Caveman. <laughs> I had to I had to stop and explain every character to my son. He had no idea. He's like, Daddy, who the hell are these guys? And why are well, you so look, excited? You talk about uh, you talk about RZA as a uh, blind master, like. Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman killed me. I'm that, like, really? That was awesome. I recognize it. I had, the thing is, I had no idea about any of these characters. So whenever somebody popped on the screen, I got so excited. I was like, oh, Captain Caveman, Tracy Morgan. I, I got excited for that. Um, I don't want to go on a tangent, but too much. But talk about cinematic universes right before we like, recorded this. It's a little I, too late. Like, this, this whole show is built on tangents. <laughs> I, I saw the teaser for the, the Zack Snyder cut. I know you mostly talk about Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but how do you feel about this Zack Snyder cut? Because me personally, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Don't know too much about it, but why spend all this money to do a, a cut when you could just make a new movie? Like, am I missing something here? Here's, see, okay, yeah, I could, I could do a whole show about my feelings about Zack Snyder and the, the Snyder cut and all this. And so, like, on the one hand, I'm happy that, that his fans, because all of his fans aren't these idiots online that, like, bully women and people of color and people from the LGBT BT community. Uh, like there's a segment of those fans who are, uh, and, and like, yeah, they, they gotta go, but there's, there are some people that genuinely love the Zack Snyder movies and they're like, yeah, yeah we want to see this. And you know, I know a couple of them, they're good people. Uh, so on the one hand, I'm happy, uh, that they're getting a chance to see this. On the other hand, I'm just happy that it's coming out 
so people can shut up. It's like the old joke about legalizing marijuana. It's like they should legalize weed for nothing else that people have nothing to complain about anymore. I just want them to put this out. So whether it's good, bad, indifferent, people can just shut up about it. You're right about that. See, being though I'm, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, so for me, Justice League isn't mm. Justice League without Green Lantern. I don't care yep. if it's I don't know if it's John Stewart. It, it could be any any Green Lantern. Hal Jordan, just put like somebody in it. Yeah, everybody's talking about like they excited for Snyder Cut on HBO Max. The show I'm excited for is Green Lantern on HBO Max. Oh, they're making that. They are. Yeah. Well, I mean, before the pandemic, it it was on the slate. So I'm sure, like, because I think they announced four or five DC related shows. Uh, that were going to be on HBO Max. Uh, I I don't know how many of them are, are going to be around once things get back to normal, but I would think uh, Green Lantern is probably one of the more high profile ones. So uh, yeah, like they they didn't say who was going to be who was going to be, but I think it's a uh, like a Green Lantern core show. So yeah, maybe last I heard it, it was everybody. like a space a space buddy cop movie with uh, yeah. Hal Jordan and John Stewart. So so and, and and something like that works good for a TV series. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely will work out. So uh, that. I'm trying to think, how do we get here? Um, how do we end up in space? We, we were talking about c- cinematic universes. And DC yeah, yeah, we, we talked about fake, fake uh, Flint and Duke and the, 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 the Roadblock prequel starring Common. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah. So back to G.I. Joe retaliation. Uh, let's see, action. We talked about the cast. How about the action? Because I thought... Anytime some... Snake Eyes and Storm Shadows were on the screen, it was beautiful. When they had that, yeah. that fight scene on the uh, on the Himalayas when they were fighting on the side there, um, that was beautiful. And you know, anytime you had sword action was great. Um, you had your you know your scene at the end with the Rock. I don't know what he was doing. He was stealing boats and tanks and everything. <laughs> like just any vehicle that the Rock could get in. Like uh, you know, they, they had a Decepticon. I'm sure they would have had him on top of it. It was um, they, they were playing uh, Grand Theft Auto and he was CJ from San Andreas. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, the action was good overall. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of what else was in the movie that... But yeah, like Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, for me, were the best parts about it. Like, anytime there's martial arts in the movie, I think that always gets me. And it's hard to do martial arts the right way. And I mean, those are like the characters... At this time in 2013, like, I don't know what the pull was, like, what the audience was in terms of people that watched the original cartoon back in the day or people that read the comics versus kids that just wanted to come out and see an action movie, uh, what the cross-section of that was. But... Even if you didn't know about the comics or the TV show, like Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow jump off the screen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, how so, big was – I'm trying to think of the, the Rock's filmography at this point. This is before Fast and Furious, right? So what was like the – besides wrestling, what was like the big movie that he had done before well, yeah, this? Yeah, this is all this is all kind of concurrent. Like uh, we've, like we're in the midst of he's already done uh, Fast Five. Uh, he's done Snitch. He's got this movie right here, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Then after G.I. Joe Retaliation, we get to, uh, you know, this is all in the same year or a two-year span. We get Pain and Gain with Mark Wahlberg and Anthony Mackie. We get Fast and Furious 6. So, like, 2012 to 2014 is kind of, even though he's still a big star now, this is kind of what set it off, what launched The Rock. Gotcha. So he was definitely like a household name, even to, to anybody. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. Like he was already famous, but these two or three years took him from being famous to like he's a left, a uh, a list. He's top shelf now. Yeah, because I, I can't. I'm trying to think of, like the demographic that this would have brought in because I don't know how many you know GI Joe fans you know ran to this. The first one, I don't think it was too critically acclaimed. So I don't think like, no, it made it made one. money, but it wasn't like 
like you never even today you never hear somebody talking about hey man you want to you want to come by the crib and watch gi joe rise of cobra like no why why would yeah, you no. even ask me that in the middle of a pandemic no, I'd rather throw on the the animated movie, the first, the original one that came out, than ask me to watch GI Joe <laughs> with Serpentor. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely more entertaining than this. That that one has Sergeant Slaughter. They're able to get the race for him yeah. in that one. Well, I think like this. The telling thing about this movie is, you know, we we often hear The Rock, you know, kind of jokingly use the term franchise Viagra, and while it's not a hundred percent accurate, uh, because like Fast and Furious and also GI Joe, they made money before The Rock got there. He gave it that boost. You know what I mean? Like, he went from, if you look at Fast and Furious 4 versus Fast 5 and onward, it's a whole new franchise. He's brought oh, yeah. that franchise new life. Same with, not, well, it's not really the same with G.I. Joe because it's been so long since we've had another G.I. Joe movie. But if you look at 1 and 2, 2 is easily, in my opinion, the more enjoyable film experience. Yeah, I think overall, definitely a better cast, definitely a better experience. I want to talk about the the president again for one second, because I'm looking at my notes here. And some of the things that he was saying, um, mm. he was saying how, you know, he was bringing the interns back with a little wink, wink. He uh, he was demanding a dance from Lady J. He wasn't taking no for an answer. A lot of these, um, you know, things the president was doing I don't, back in 2013, it was probably like a shock. But watching it now, it's like, huh, OK, I see this power <laughs> that he's trying to use. He, he seems rather moderate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is the perfect cast for the president. I'd vote for him as a third party candidate. <laughs> what did you Star think 10, of uh, 2020? What did you think of Storm Shadow having a baby face turn halfway into the movie? I mean, I, I liked it. It also fit because they they've done that in the comics and the cartoon before. Where yeah, they, definitely, they they definitely set it up for a sequel because like Cobra Commander just he ran off at the end. Storm Shadow ran yeah. off at the end. They definitely had plans to extend it out, but I think that was pretty cool to have Storm Shadow and uh, Snake Eyes team up on screen. Well, yeah. Well, see, the thing with Storm Shadow is, and I, I, I again, I think you you got to give a lot of the character development for both Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. You got to give credit to that to Larry Hama and what he originally wrote down because Cobra Commander and Destro and the Baroness and Zartan and people like that, like they're actively evil and and actively want chaos. Whereas I think Hama always portrayed Storm Shadow as a character that did bad things, but not always for bad reasons. Yeah, like he, had a, he had a code of honor about him, even though he was one of the bad guys. I'm really excited for this uh, Snake Eyes spinoff movie. It's, it's not a sequel to the Nicolas Cage Snake Eyes. It's an actual Snake Eyes sp- spinoff movie. <laughs> but like, I'm looking at the cast, and it's mostly like an Asian cast. So I think it takes place um, in Japan, the origin story of Snake Eyes. I'm trying to see like who's working on it. Um, no real like well-known names. They almost recast everybody. They they bring him back Baroness. They bring him back Scarlet. They bring him back the Blind Master. But everybody's pretty much recasting it. It's it's slated for October of this year, but uh, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I, say, yeah. I don't know about all that. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for it to see you know Snake Eyes movie like you know it, you know it's kind of it's funny it's kind of like the the Wolverine spinoff when he was in Japan. Um, kind of has the same just give me the same vibe. Mm. That movie started off good and then. About three quarters of the way through, kind of fell off for me. Yeah, didn't like the silver like samurai have like a weird like mech outfit or something? Or am I? Yeah, am I, yeah. Okay. yeah, he had the that, mech yeah. outfit. Yeah, and we had uh the viper lady that like could shed her skin. Yeah, that movie wasn't wasn't too good. But you know, you I, know what? They they came back with Logan after that, so I can't hate him on too much. Honestly, the Wolver like the Wolverine was better. Was even as as flawed as it was, it was a million times better than. Uh, Wolverine Origins. 
Oh yeah, that was the the Wolverine Origins video game was really good. I don't know if you ever played that or into games, but the PS3 game was was fantastic. But then I mm. saw the movie and it, it kind of uh, it shitted on it. <laughs> well, like like you mentioned, John, you know after kind of our big culminating battle, Cobra Commander uh, uh, runs away like he like he is wont to do. Like that's that's his that's his finishing move. He <laughs> he, he always runs away, and I'll see you next time. <laughs> like he just, he just flies off. He just flies off. Uh, Storm Shadow, you know, got revenge for his uncle. Uh, they, they, uh, the good guys find the real president, and we get this ceremony where uh, your man Bruce Willis. You know, you talk about passing the torch moments. Like this is a weird moment because we just met Roadblock, just met General Colton, and for them to have the moment where he passes. Uh, his pistol, like his his treasured prized pistol, he hands it off to Roadblock and is like, you know, that's for the next time you meet Cobra Commander. It's like that moment. It's a cool moment just because it's Bruce Willis and The Rock. But from a story perspective, like it really doesn't hold a lot of weight because we just met these dudes. Yeah, it was what it was a pistol, the original pistol of George Patton. It was, was yeah. that what the story was. And he just gives him it at the end, like yeah, it's like you know. Bruce Willis, where were you a minute ago when I was fighting? Why weren't you using this gun and, 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 and try to help? Like, you could have shot Cobra Commander yourself with this ancient yeah. pistol. You just let him escape. Now we got to wait for part three. <laughs> and that was the note on the inside of the, the box. Like, do not fire until the, the third movie in the, in the uh, trilogy. Now, he, he, he still shot it off. He shot it off at the end. He, yeah, he had a, his, his uh, memorial shot for all the Joes that they lost. It would have been funny if he goes to shoot it and you have the old, like, uh, the old, you know, bang thing that pops out of it. It's like, like uh, Vince and Stone Cold. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so you have the, the Rock look at Bruce and say, Bruce, you know, and, you know, that, that's how the movie ends. <laughs> like, yo, Joe. <laughs> they just jump in the air and freeze. You know, it's funny. They didn't say yo, Joe one time in this movie. I'm pretty sure they said it in the first movie, but I didn't hear it at yeah. all in this one. You would think they would say it somewhere just to kind of, you know, nostalgia. It's, 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 not, it's not your Avengers Assemble moment, but you definitely uh, could have put that in there. Yeah, this movie, again, feels very much like a course correction from the first movie. Like, they knew what they liked in the, in the first G.I. Joe, and they knew definitely what they didn't. And so this, even though it's a sequel, it feels like the first in a series in a way. Yeah, it definitely could have worked off as a spinoff. But yeah, you're right. They corrected a lot of things. They fixed Cobra Commander's mask. Um, they fixed a couple of the, the characters and their stories. But yeah, overall, I, I think that's they got a more gelled movie this way. Yeah, which brings us to like the moment of truth, John. Okay. Our patented rating scale here on the Rocky Mountain View Picture Show. Postmarks, y'all know how we how we grade these movies. On a five-point scale, on a scale of one to five, if a movie is amazing, if it's flawless, if, if if the movie is excellent and The Rock is excellent in it, that's a five out of five. We just went one-on-one with the great one. If a movie is good, if it's it's solid and The Rock is, is doing his rock thing and he's charming and he's charismatic and, it, you know, it's a good time had by all, that's a four out of five. That's the people's chance. If a movie is... You know, not great, but it's not terrible either. But just kind of, you know, it's something you watch on a rainy day, John. That's a three out of five. That's a know your role. If a movie is bad, but not 
the worst uh, if a movie is bad but The Rock is good in it or if The Rock is not as good but the movie around him kind of props it up. That's a two out of five. That's a jabroni joint. But if a movie is terrible, if a movie has no redeeming value, if a movie is bad and finds a way to make The Rock bad in it, if a movie is doomed, John, that's a one out of five. That's a rock bottom, man. So, on a scale of one to five, what would you give 2013's G.I. Joe Retaliation? Okay, it's definitely not Doom. I actually saw the Doom sequel on Doom Annihilation, and that was actually worse than Doom, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) I know it's hard to say, but it actually was. It's okay. So, I have it in between People's Champ and Know Your Role. It's, it's, Mm. uh, I wouldn't say a four. Um, it's not the movie that I'll just throw on. Hey, like you said, you want to come over and watch GI Joe? Nobody's ever going to do that. But if it's on TV, you know, I'm going right. through the channels and I see I see Roblox. I'm like, oh, it's Roblox. I like this movie. Let me let me let me watch this and uh, you know, get a little excitement in. Um, so I would place it 3.5 territory. So right above Know Your Role. Let's go with a Know Your Role. Let's give it a three out of five. Okay, so three three point five. Uh, let's see. It's definitely not a people's champ. It's definitely not one-on-one with a great one. That being said, it's not a jabroni joint, and it's certainly not a rock bottom. Like, I think G.I. Joe Retaliation is, and there's going to be some shade to to your boy Michael Bay. Like, I think G.I. Joe Retaliation is what the Transformers film should strive to be. Like, popcorn fun. Because there's nothing, like, really consequential about G.I. Joe Retaliation. You forget most of it an hour after the theater, but while you're there, you're having fun. It's it's The Rock. It's Bruce Willis. We get a little cameo from Magic Mike. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're the, like uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes are really compelling. Uh, we get the RZA for some reason. So, like, there's, there's good moments in the movie, and the movie, to me, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, I think, what is it, uh, like 120 minutes? Yeah, it wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It didn't feel like it was dragging on at all. You know, it had its, no. it had its, its moments at the right time. You know, right when, when the movie's over, it ended at the right moment. There wasn't any extended scenes for no reason. So Yeah, like if this were Avengers Endgame long, I think I'd have a problem with it. But it's only two hours. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, and oh, I, yeah, after, again, after, after Commander, Command, uh, Cobra Commander escaped, they would have went right after him. You know, it would have made it too long for no reason. So it, yeah. it ended at the right moment. And I think, again, this movie is... Even though I've seen Rise of Cobra more, this movie to me is is far more enjoyable than that. Uh, so I'm going to give it a solid three out of five. It's a know your role. Like it, it knows what it is. Like the, this movie isn't trying to change the world. It's not even really trying to launch a franchise because we <laughs> we still haven't seen another one. It's just kind of like, hey, we're here. We're GI Joe. If you like us, we might come back. If not, you know. Yeah, it's like, let's use this property. Let's use The Rock's name. He's hot right now. Let's make some money and just keep yeah. it moving. Let's bring Bruce Willie in, get him a check. There we go. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 not bad. It's not good. It's, it is what it is. Like, in, in these uncertain times, John, I think, like, this is a movie that all of us can identify with. Like, you, you wake up these days, you're not really great. You're not really terrible either, but it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm here. Might as well make the best of it. <laughs> yeah, we, we're living a retaliation era for sure. Mm, I like that. The retaliation era <laughs> with President Zartan. President Zartan. Hey, 
Hey, my man I, was uh while 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 the nukes were launching across the, the the world, he was over there playing Angry Birds on his phone. He had no cares at all. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds like twenty twenty. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is like I, this this almost turned into a review America impromptu, <laughs> but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that to the postmarks. I'm not gonna do that to the listeners this week. What I will do, John, is uh thank you, man, not only for sitting in this week and and reviewing GI Joe Retaliation with me, but also for your donation during the live show, uh, you know, because again, like as much crazy stuff has gone on in the world over the last three months, like COVID is still here. Corona, Corona ain't going nowhere. So, you know, again, like anything that we can do to kind of help our neighbors and help our brothers and sisters is a good thing, man. No, absolutely. Like you said, it was back in April, but it felt like it was forever ago. But I'm happy to come onto the show. I'm happy, you know, to make the donation uh, to talk to you. It's it's been a it's been a pleasure. It's been a, a, a you know wish list thing for me to do to be on a podcast with Nate Milton. So I'm happy we got it done. And you know, I'm just like John Cena. I'm out here, you know, making dreams come true. <laughs> just, there we go. <laughs> the, the Nate Milton Make a Wish program. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Instead of helping out uh, sick children, I'm helping out uh, wrestling fans want to do a podcast with me <laughs> hey whatever makes us happy <laughs> whatever look, yeah you're right whatever brings a smile to our face during these tough times uh but before we let you go john anything you want to shout out anything you want to promote uh socials anything like that now is your time brother let the people know what's going on in the life of that man named john Cena. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, recently, about a month ago, we the Up Next podcast, we launched our own Facebook page, facebook.com slash Up Next podcast. Uh, we're currently running the New Japan Bracket Challenge, so everybody uh, put their entries in as we mm. watch the New Japan make their picks, so it's been fun. Um, there's a whole bunch of fun activities in the Facebook page. We have live discussions during all the wrestling shows. Uh, we have watch-alongs. Whenever there's a pay-per-view, I usually jump on with Braden and Davey. We just watch the Backlash and TakeOver. We'll be coming back for some more shows mm. in the future. Um, <laughs> okay, hold on. Time out real quick before before you finish, man. Okay. I know in this movie, G.I. Joe, we talked a lot about them ninjas out here. What did you make of <laughs> that that Street Profits Viking Raiders match with the uh, Tazawa and and his clan of, of here to heretofore unknown ninjas that just popped uh, up? Oh my god. I uh, for, we're talking about cinematic universes. They they claim this the mm. Viking Prophet cinematic universe. Uh, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. They they brought my girl Bianca Belair about a month ago, and she mm. literally her her line on the screen was to the Street Profits, "Why are you guys doing this silly stuff? You need to snap it together." And then somebody snapped their fingers, and Bianca disappeared. And now Street Profits are doing say, the Has she really right done now. anything since she's been called up? She's. I think she's been working on main event. Like she's not even on TV. I don't know what's going on with my my girl. Like she's the ways because she's amazing. She's one of the, the the best female talents I've seen in the last like ten years, and that's saying a lot. Um. But the whole ninjas and they got my my boy Shaq Fu over there. I don't know what's going on with this, this stuff. Man. <laughs> we, you know, we 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 weren't able to get Shaq versus the Big Show, so now they're gonna have a uh, this big ninja against the Big Show. I don't know what. <sighs> Who like I guess uh, I didn't even know. Like, is an actual uh, basketball player signed to NXT? He he's a like a seven foot something Nigerian performance uh, talent down in NXT. I've seen pictures of him. He's a gigantic at dude. Like, at first I thought it was Taco Fall from the Celtics. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's definitely somebody who's not ready to be in a ring. I'll tell you that much. Mm. So I don't know what direction they're going to go with this. Um, Ele- boy, Eligante 2.0. And it's like Tozawa. They could have, you know, they could have made my man like, like snake eyes or storm shadow. Instead they have mm. him as a sh- Shinobi generic, uh, <laughs> generic ninja. <laughs> 
just the caricature. Uh, at yeah, least he's getting look. At least he's getting on TV. I guess. You know, I was saying that. I was like, at least he's getting on TV. But at this point, like, would you take it this way or not? I don't even know anymore. But it, here's the other is. thing. Like, in like, do you really like? I, I don't know. Like, because we've seen, uh, we've heard about what's been going on with some of the uh, testing and 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 whatnot, or lack of testing down there. Like, really, at this point, I think I'd rather not be on TV. Like, just let me stay home, man. That's a good point. To stay home, collect the paycheck. You know. Work on your your character. Like, why be on TV at this point? Like, like why am I gonna risk risk my health to play your stereotypical ninja? <laughs> uh, uh, it is what it is, Nate. <laughs> I, yeah. So, what are uh, you? You're you're in the middle of uh, uh talking about Sorry. what what, yeah, uh, so fa- what you got going on with the with the BDE over there? So, what what else yeah. you got? So catch me at facebook.com slash upnextpodcast, the Twitter page. I've been running things over there as well, helping them out, twitter.com slash upnextpodcast, youtube.com slash upnext. Um, every Wednesday night after NXT, we go on there and they chat. Braden and Davey, you'll see me in the chat room, kind of uh, moderating questions or whatnot. Um, watch-alongs whenever there's a pay-per-view. Catch us on YouTube as well. Um, my own personal stuff, everything is uh, at CinoEvil, C-N-O-E-V-I-L. So catch me on there. I'm usually talking about you know wrestling and movies and a whole bunch of fun stuff that's going on in the world, trying to give you uh, some cop- popcorn entertainment when we need it the most and let, let me ask you this before we before before i let you go brother you know you you don't, you don't have to answer this but i feel like i wouldn't be doing my job as the journalist that the postmarks have known me to be okay if, if i didn't ask you this pressing question is your is your surname actually Sino, sir it is uh so so <laughs> so being a wrestling fan you've grown up for most of your adult life with the name john Sino. You know, it's 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 haunted me. And here's the funny part. Obviously, that's my birth name, John Cena. I've been on this earth since 1985. So I come before John Cena, as well as the, the Kane movie, Cena Weevil. And wrestling, the thing that I love and watch, has somehow took my real name and my alias and and made it into these wrestling tropes. So when John Cena first came onto the scene, I'm like, oh, no, what is this? And I'm like, you know what? They're going to change his name. They're going to give him a gimmick. Nope. Here we are. He's still John Cena. And then you have... Kane come out with this horror movie called Cena Weevil and I'm just like I there hasn't been a workplace that I've worked at that whenever I come into there they don't start blasting John Cena's theme song it's happened for at least 20 years now it feels like and it's probably gonna happen for the rest of my life so what you, what you need to do now is get uh holla Justin Roberts get him to come up with a ringtone for you so everywhere you go you can be announced by Justin Roberts in that in that John Cena tone <laughs> That might work. There we go. Uh, I'm sure. He, I'm sure Justin Roberts got a cameo or something. Yeah, he's got something. I'll you know I'll reach out to Justin Roberts. <laughs> Everywhere you go, John Cena. <laughs> there you go. Oh, but yeah, it's been it's been fun talking to you, brother. I'm, I'm glad you were able to make it this month uh, for for GI Joe Retaliation. Uh, yeah, and and definitely uh, shout out to Twitter again, so the so the postbox can give you a follow. Yeah, twitter.com slash Cenoevil, uh, C-N-O-E-V-I-L. Um, check out the Rocky Maivia Picture Show t-shirt. I have one on right now. It's amazing. When I saw oh, that Oh, you shirt, got one. Yeah, oh, yeah. The second I saw that, I had to buy that. I was just like, this is perfect. Perfect, uh, perfect t-shirt idea right here. I had to get it yeah. right away. And that's, that's a perfect segue to uh, store.postwrestling.com. Not only can you pick up the, uh, the that new hotness, the Rocky Maivia Picture Show t-shirt uh, with, with a wonderful design by our, our man Robert. Uh, out here on these streets with with the hottest artwork for you, uh, but you can pick up any of the other post wrestling shirts and uh, hats and I'm trying to think. We got shirts, we got hats, they have, uh, stickers. 
Yeah, depending on what part of the world you are. I don't know they call them like toques in Canada, but over here in yeah, New York, toques, we call them, yeah. Yeah, we, we call them beanies over here. I don't know. I was going to say, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. That's how, as much as I love John Pollock and Wade Ting, you know, they need this diversity that they have on the Post Wrestling Network because, you know, toques, I get it. That's what, that's what it's called where you guys are from. But around these parts, they're beanies, scullies. Hey, listen, that's how the president got caught in the G.I. Joe movie. He was calling it supper instead of dinner. He was calling it soda instead of pop. So you got, we got to check uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting's fingerprints over there and see if uh, you know, they might have got uh, taken over by Zoltar. See if John is, is out here whistling on the, on the next episode. <laughs> on the next episode of uh, Rewind, Rewind Away, if John was, starts whistling, we know what's up. It was Dan Lorensky all along. <laughs> Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, so, if you want to follow me while you're out here following John, you can check me out on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K at name Mosaic on Twitter. Don't forget about the Kings of Sport podcast. Myself and the aforementioned Marcus Vandenberg. We have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport, where you can check out over a hundred hours of bonus audio, video content. Uh, there's a lot of stuff up there, political shows. We got an MCU review up there. Uh, we got a program called TDT Talks, which is basically a bunch of me and my podcast friends having a group therapy session. Uh, so there's, there's four episodes of that up there on the, on the uh, Patreon right now. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, I've got the main event over on Place to Be Nation. I've got the Black Lightning podcast. Uh, oh, by the time you hear this, on the, yeah, because this, this will be out Saturday. So uh, the, the the DC TV Podcast Network will be having a 24-hour podcast marathon uh, to benefit Feeding America. Uh, so you can check that out. You know, we've got the Black Lightning Podcast, Supergirl Radio, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, Arrow, Batwoman, even though they, they don't have a lead actress right now uh but all these superhero shows we we, we teaming up we're doing a 24-hour podcast marathon so whenever this comes out we'll still be on the air so you can check that out i know the black lightning podcast right now we're slated to go on at five in the evening uh on saturday so you, you'll be able to check me and the rest of my co-hosts out on the marathon program uh but i think that's it so uh shout out to austin james who designed the uh logo here for the Rockin' My View Picture Show. Shout out to Braden Harrington who who got the the freshest beats in the wrestling podcast game for providing the theme song for the Rockin' My View Picture Show. And uh I think before we get out of here, we gotta let the people know what's coming up next, John. All right. So like we 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 all you know we all retaliated here this month with GI GI Joe, but next month we go from retaliation to acceleration because we're talking about 2013's fast and furious part six so how's the life of a retired international criminal i need your help dom last week a team of highly coordinated drivers took down a military convoy this most recent job graduated them to a whole new level Why is that, Hobbs? This was taken a week ago. He's messing with your head. Lady's dead, Dom. I need you to know for sure. Then I'm going with you. 
equipment for way better than that trash in Rio. Way better. So now we work for the Hulk. Things changed. Breathe with me. Our target's Owen Shaw, former major in the SAS Spec Ops soldier. You help us get Letty, we'll get you shot. But we need full pardons all the way around. And cars. Make sure they're fast. We talk of vehicular warfare. I've never seen this before. You believe in ghosts? You don't turn your back on family. Even when they do. You really think you've won? So yeah, Fast and Furious Six is gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun review. I don't know who's coming back for that one yet, John. It, it might be uh, our, our guys uh, Joe and Joe Two from Too Fast Too Forever. I know uh, there's a lot of people like these Fast and Furious episodes. Like people, people, people uh want to want to hop on these. So we we might have a we might have to assemble our own little crew. Oh for yeah, these Fast and Fast and, and Furious reviews. Cinem- the Fast and Furious cinematic universe is is huge. So. You know, it's it's on it's on Marvel level almost, almost. Yeah, I'm, I will see. Here's the thing, John. I don't I don't got co-hosts. I got family. There. <laughs> and on that note, for John Ceno, for Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and for Bruce Willie, because why not? Uh, I'm the Godfather Nate Milton. Thank you for listening. Shout out to John Pollock. Shout out to Wei Ting. And we'll be back next month with a brand new episode of the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. So stay home, stay safe. And of course, remember, as always, Nubian eyes are watching. on out of here. No!